I just remember my favorite my favorite prank call was when Joey Ruth called one of my ex girlfriends as me oh. and just like tried to get, and she got her to like come outside and like talk to me about something really serious about a relationship or something like that. Oh, that's horrible. That's not funny. Yeah, that's mean. Yeah, come on. Luke. Oh, it was funny at the time. So, Andy, what do uh, what do you like to be known for? Lots of things, I guess. But uh, in particular, in terms of ministry, what do you, what do you want to know about me? Well, are you full time somewhere? Yeah, I'm still. Uh, I've been a full time youth minister. I've been a, luckily lucky to be at one parish my entire um, my entire time in ministry. Uh, I've been a youth minister at St. Alexis Parish in Wexford, um, which is North Hills of Pittsburgh. Um, and then um, kind of what happened uh, about 2008, I started doing some graphic design on the side um, as kind of a side business. And um, over time, that's kind of evolved into different things. And when I first started, I was kind of doing whatever, whatever for, for anyone that needed anything, you know, and uh, like a lot of website stuff. Yeah, my at first I was like, I'll, I'll do a flyer, I'll do a T-shirt, I'll do whatever, and then more and more that just became mostly website design, because yeah. I realized, in some ways, that was the, you know, the be- best for me business wise, but also the greatest need for most people. Um, and then, as I've been doing that over the past couple of years, that kind of grew and developed into me really feeling like a passion for for social media and figuring out how. How as a church can we evangelize? Um, I think if if I had to pick one thing that kind of I would say is kind of a common thread through all the things I do, whether it's with my family um, or in ministry or with the stuff I do with Redeemed Online, that uh, the the common thread would kind of be vision. Um, I think that I, I feel like that's one of my gifts and 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 passions. It's just is kind of feeling a sense, kind of feeling out the sense of like where God is calling me and, and, uh, and, and, and really praying about that and understanding that. And, and, and I think the difference between vision and dreaming is like vision is really understanding a sense of where God is calling, but also a sense of like what it takes to make something happen. And it's not just, Oh, like, Hey, wouldn't it be nice if we could do, do this or that. Uh, but really saying like, if this is where God is calling me, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this a reality. Yeah, I've, uh, my grandfather used to always say the difference between vision and dreaming is uh, people who have visions have plans. Yeah, I, my grandfather didn't say that. I think Dave Ramsey said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you a visionary? And debt, and debt, right? and debt, and debt. <laughs> lots and lots of debt. Dave Ramsey the, loves that debt. All those dreamers with their debt, visionaries are debt free. Listen, How'd... he'd be he would be broke if if it wasn't for all that debt. So yeah, and Dave, and Dave Ramsey takes credit cards. <laughs> they take they take debit cards, not credit cards. Anywho, um, real quick with your um, wh- when you said you you with your family you have a vision. What does that mean? Like. Like uh, you take your eldest child and you're like, one day you too will be president. No, but I, th- I think, um, you know, I think that was one thing that I had to like learn that, um, you know, I think vision, like in a sense of like with your family, like that, if as a, as a Christian man, as a Christian leader, like that's where I need to first and foremost, you know, figure out like, what does it mean to have vision with my family? Like in terms of, uh, raising, raising my kids in a way that, that, that they're going to be, be saints, raising my kids in a way that, uh, gets them excited about their faith, but also in a way that, uh, you know, I think just giving them a vision for life, you know, a vision for, um, you know, a vision for something that's bigger, bigger than, um, just normal life, you know? And so I think, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit it sounds a little bit funny when it comes to family, I think, but I think it is important to figure out what that is, at least in little ways. Maybe it's not it's not like a project. Um <laughs> you, know, you know, like, well, I, I had this vision for my family that we're gonna you know, I guess I can be at times, but I think for the most part that's it's more of a encompassing vision of life. Yeah. I think with a lot of families, they just get caught up in going with the flow. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Instead yeah, of think, progressing towards something, you know? Yeah, I, I feel, um, you know, I think one sad thing I have seen um, uh, and uh, is even some of my, even some people I know that, that, um, you know, like who I know are Christians or I know who are, you know, even really practicing Catholics, like at the end of the day, sometimes their life doesn't look different than than other people. And I don't mean that in a judgmental sense, but in a sense of like, at the end of the day, if you don't have a vision for your life, like you're you're just looking for the same escape that everyone else is. And like too many, too many Christians I know kind of fall in that same boat. And it's not that I'm not saying they don't have a relationship with Christ, but I think at the end of the day, they're their life is separated from a vision, you know, and life. And so life just becomes about at the end of the day, how can I, uh, escape and how can I, um, you know, get away from my life in a certain sense, you know, but I think God calls us to figure out how do we play out that vision with, even in the course of our family and our everyday life. Yeah. How long have you been married? Uh, we've been married for 11 years, 11 years, 11 years. I remember, your guys' wedding. It was like the first adult wedding that I had ever been to as went, an adult. You went to some kid weddings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, these are my friends who are adults, and I'm an adult, and I'm here, and I drove out here. That it was an adult wedding, so there must have been some child weddings at some point. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? There's a bunch of 14-year-olds that looked at me that got married. Spent a lot of time in Iran. Um, <laughs> you, you are from Ohio. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm from the, the better part of Ohio. Um, oh, cool. I, I just have a really quick question that I actually, I mean, I have known you for almost like 15 years now, and I don't know, like, why you got in the youth ministry. Not, and we just haven't ever like, talked about it. It's always, it's always been a thing that you have done. So I'm just curious, like, why did you start? Because when we were in school, it was pretty normal for a person to go and become a youth minister. That's not the case with everyone else in the world so like why did you like you specifically like why did you do that yeah i don't know in a certain sense like i mean like i just knew that's where god was kind of calling me in in high school um and i used to like said like like my family has a defective gene um and that's like why we're in youth ministry it's not um <laughs> like so many of us have been in youth ministry and like growing up um in high school our mom was our youth minister, and that was because there was a certain point where our church was like, hey, we need a youth minister, and people were like, no one knows what that is, and my mom was like, I'll do it, um, and so, I mean, pretty much youth group at that point consisted of, like, weekly game shows. Um, it was like <laughs> a game. It was just a bunch of games, and then once a year, we went to the Steubenville Conference, um, <laughs> but, but like there was something I knew that was that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. But I knew that like it was kind of just had a sense of like that was where the Lord was calling me. Yeah. Um, and and I couldn't. I don't think I could have put words around that in high school. But I, I knew I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, there was a point in college. Uh, you know, I uh, I finished up early at college, but when I was finishing up, we had this moment. Uh, at Franciscan where they called all the theology students in it was this 11 o'clock meeting and and they made us sign a piece of paper that said like if you're just a theology major like you won't come back and, and like try and sue the school because you're poor um so you may want to think about adding a second major or <laughs> are you serious I, I kid you not I never heard about that I I don't know it was like something like at least that's my memory of it. It might have been a little bit different than that, but it was something along the lines of that. When and, I was uh, a freshman, they did something very similar, but it was a like uh, a morning long seminar where um, one of the theology teachers, a, a priest, um, God, I wish I could remember his name. He was awesome. Uh, he did. He he basically broke down the average salary of a Catholic youth minister, um, and he's like twenty three thousand dollars a year. And then he said like a car payment, rent, groceries, gas, insurance. And he yeah, went through the I, whole thing, and he's like, "There's zero dollars left." <laughs> but I, uh, so at that point, I was like, "Well, maybe if I like, you know, it's kind of this moment where I was like, well, maybe I could do business. There's stuff I like doing about business, and so I decided I was going to get my MBA and go into the business world. Um, and so I was signed up to go to the University of Temple to do that. And that summer, 
uh, I was doing some ministry stuff with the, the student world conferences and I, I just realized, Hey, this is where my heart is. This is where my passion is. Like I could, I can make money. I can make more money doing something else, but I, I, I don't think, you know, it ultimately came down like being the, the best man I could be for, for me and for my family, for my future family, like that it came down to like being where God called me to be and not being in a sense, uh, not necessarily being where I can make the most money, um, you know, but, but really where, where God was calling me to be, that's where I was going to be the most fulfilled. And I, and I think, you know, ultimately the best man and husband and, and father I could be. Has that been hard? Uh, being in ministry? Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, no. <laughs> um, like not in a sense of, uh, you know, um, I, I don't know. I feel, I just feel extremely blessed, you know, that the, like using the different gifts and talents that I, that I think the Lord has kind of given me has been able to help me like provide for my family. Um, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, honestly, when I started doing graphic design stuff, I thought like, Hey man, this would be, this would be nice if I could kind of like supplement my income just a little bit and maybe put some money towards retirement. And then after we had our second child, you know, my Catherine wanted to stay home. And so, um, and it just grew and it, and it was kind of, um, you know, just, I, I don't know. I just feel blessed, you know, and I, I would never say like, you know, there's definitely, there's always times where it's, uh, um, it's difficult or challenging, you know, and there's, I'm not going to say like, um, you know, it's any sort of stretch of the imagination. I'm like, raking in the money driving around a mercedes you know i, <laughs> I drive i drive a dodge intrepid because i couldn't afford a dodge stratus um, <laughs> you know uh but uh but i mean the lord has been so generous to me and i just feel like um you know i, I want to be generous with what the lord has given me and and uh use that for for him and continue to find ways to do that in a, in a mean in meaningful new new and creative ways. That's really, I've, I'm kind of in the same boat right now because I'm not allowed to say who I work for because our HR department is great. No, they actually are awesome, but I still just can't say that. And, but anyways. Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> it's like the big, like, everyone knows it. But anyways, yeah. Good old, uh, like Mike Brown. Um, and like, this is the first job that I've ever had where there really isn't a next step like there's an I mean even uh, even when I was in education there was always that a next thing that I that I could go to eat you be a bigger school or you know a superintendent like like there's always like kind of a ladder to climb and while I'm while I'm with the church you know uh, the Pope very specifically he said like don't treat the church like that and I really I took that uh, to heart and so I've been kind of, I've been going through a thing where it's been like, oh, this is a little bit like, this is not hard, but I guess, I guess like scary. And it's like, like, I don't know, like there's no career. Yeah. Um, the way I pass with this, you know? Yeah, yeah. The way I kind of see it, um, if, I know this makes sense, but, um, well, some of my best friends are Protestant youth ministers and they're all, they're both on two of them or they're on a track, you know, where they're, they're studying and they're, they're going to become pastors eventually, you know, like that's their, mm -hmm. you know, and they've been, I mean, they've been in youth ministry as long as I have, uh, but eventually they feel like that shift coming, you know? Um, but I, you know, for me, I think it, it's more of a, you, it kind of, you know, I think at some points I thought, man, that'd be cool to like, I, I don't know, you know, not in a sense of like seen as a ladder, but there's something cool. Like, I'd love to preach or I'd love to do certain things about being a, you know, like a pastor, but I never felt like, man, um, you know, like, Oh, I want to be a married priest or anything like that. <laughs> um, you know, but I think there's as a, as a Catholic and as someone who's involved, you know, the day-to-day -day ins and outs of uh, evangelization, I think the, the thing I see is I think there's plenty of room in the church for, for figuring out, like in some ways, um, I look around at a lot of people, um, you know, who are in similar situations to me that are doing things where they're kind of like entrepreneurs, 
in terms of evangelization and, and creating ministries and businesses that are really and podcasts and podcasts that was included obviously right, 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 right. <laughs> obviously rating um, and a review on itunes go on that's that's being an entrepreneur is writing a review yeah well we i always try to ask for that because it helps people find our podcast and makes me feel good yeah sorry well, I, I get the writing review. I just think you should have added it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that was exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Anyway. <laughs> it was a joke, everyone. It was clearly a joke. Boo, Luke. Boo. Entrepreneur. Go, Andy. Uh, um, <laughs> Sorry, but, no, Andy. Just being like that people, I think there's plenty of room in the church for being entrepreneur, like being an entrepreneur. I, I, I can't like the um, there were there was a lot of. There are a couple of emails I got during the Share Jesus campaign where people said, like, I, well, someone said to me, you know, I want you to go and thank whoever you had to ask permission of to do this program. And uh, so I turned to my wife because she was the only person I can think of that, <laughs> that I asked for permission for. You know, like, there's a certain sense I think, like, like we, like, as Catholics, we need to, like, get permission or, you know, we need to... Um, you know, like, uh, like we got to follow, uh, you know, X amount of steps and jump through hoops, but man, like, I mean, my, 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 uh, my passion, my desire is just like, if, if God wants me to do this, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. If it involves a bunch of steps, I'll do it. But I think there's a certain sense of like a freedom of knowing, like, man, if, if you're passionate about Jesus Christ and you're, you know, with, within the church and within what, the church is trying to accomplish like dream big you know and, and don't be afraid to say like here's a vision and here's what it would take to make this a reality can uh, you talk for a bit just about just so all of our just for like all of our audience knows just how big sh the whole the whole share jesus thing was yeah so share jesus the idea the idea for that came uh a couple of years ago, I had this, this idea, like a bunch of people I knew were giving up social media for Lent. And I was like, wait a minute, like what, what if, uh, you know, people, instead of giving up social media for Lent, people actually proclaimed Jesus Christ on social media, like found a way to actually share Jesus with people. And so kind of this uh, idea developed from that, um, that, that was the share Jesus movement. Um, or hashtag share Jesus, um, that, that we created a two to three minute video, uh, each day for people to, to get to know the person of Jesus Christ a little bit more, um, but did it in a way that the audience, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a real necessarily like the idea wasn't like, we're going to give some in-depth catechesis. It's, 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 it's for the every, everyday person, you know, like that Jesus, Jesus, the message of Jesus Christ needs to be proclaimed in a way, I think on social media that, that hits people where they're at. And that was kind mm -hmm. of the, the, the gist of share Jesus was we wanted to create videos that were made not to just be consumed or watched, but videos that could be shared and were short enough that, that they were going to really work on social media um so uh kind of what happened with that you know part of my desire too was that I, th I think as church um you know i started like redeemed online with the belief that we need to do more on social media in terms of evangelization and when we look at what we do as a church we need to look for ways that that we can create and add to culture online because i think the online world is, is kind of its own culture in a certain sense and um, mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, I think the church just kind of imitates um, some other things or, you know, just that we're like presence is is enough. Um, but presence doesn't equal strategy. And we need to be strategic uh, in, in terms of how we use social media. So I think what really set Share Jesus apart um, from other Latin campaigns or other things going on was like social media wasn't some afterthought. Social media wasn't like, well... Um, it, it's part, you know, part of the program. It, it, in a certain sense, like it is the program. Like, and I think the gospel is that. Like, the gospel isn't meant to just be consumed. It should never, it should never just be like that. And so, I think Share Jesus was like taking that and, and trying to make it real for people. Um, and so, these videos are short. Uh, we get our email list. If you sign, like, when people would sign up and 
at redeemedonline.com, um, you know, that uh, it gives them, after they watch these videos, it gives them a tip, it gives them tips on how do I take this offline? How do I, what are some ideas for sharing this in terms of both social media and real life conversations? And uh, it, it went, it went amazing. Um, you know, average somewhere around like 30,000 video views uh, per video. And we, we were able to reach, you know, in terms of video views around a million and a half um, over the course of Lent. Um, and now we're gearing up uh, for our second campaign, our second daily campaign, and it's going to run Advent through Easter. Um, so last year we did 47 days. This is about, I think, 123. Um, and, and, and we're doing a lot of, I think, doing some stuff this year that's, it's, um, in some sense, going to blow what we did last year out of the water in terms of just uh, both content and we got some amazing speakers such as Michael Michael Gormley. Um, what? what? <laughs> uh, but we're doing some things too. Like we have uh, we have two full weeks. We have a week in Advent and a week in Lent of just nuns that I'm calling hashtag Nun Week. Um, and uh, like there, there's something really beautiful about how not how uh, religious sisters are 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 at the I think at the forefront of, of showing the beauty of evangelization and 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 proclaiming the gospel and I really want to highlight some of the awesome work that that they're doing and um, my like I, I sounds a little crazy but I, I really do believe um, we're going to end somewhere this year between four to six million views. Um, That's awesome. And uh, I mean I might be crazy but. Um, like just from what I, I can see in trends and numbers, I, I think that's hopefully where we could kind of uh, go and land. And and to me, it's not about, it's not about the num like, you know, I, I'm not just like comparing numbers to like put out numbers, but, but, but these are people who are like hearing the gospel and, and it's amazing the response. Like I don't measure the response necessarily in numbers. Those numbers are great, but just, you know, I, I kind of crafted the videos or I, I thought like, man, the, the person I want to reach, I had this picture in my mind of kind of your neighbor next door who, who maybe doesn't go to church, who doesn't want to, isn't, isn't necessarily looking for Jesus, but the message could speak to them. But I've, I've heard from, from like people across the spectrum, from um, young teenagers to like even schools that use it, use the videos every day. We're using the videos every day in Lent, um, showing them for, I mean, this is like K through eight, we're showing them videos, uh, you know, to start their day was like a reflection for them. And that's awesome. Um, and, uh, but like up to, uh, one of the most touching thank you letters I got was from, um, an older religious sister who said, you know, like she looked back on those videos and, and particularly the writings that I wrote accompanying them, um, that those were thing, those those writings and the videos that the Lord was using those to prepare her to come home to Him, um, wow. and uh, I was like, and that blew me away. I was like, wow, you know, like yeah, seriously. Um, it definitely wasn't what I set out to do, you know. And, but but it's amazing to see how the Lord takes something, um, you know, and and uh, and uses it. And I mean, last year was definitely like a little bit crazy especially for me like uh, my wife and i like like only half joke but like this is what that was what we did for lent last year because <laughs> um, it just took <laughs> oh yeah. oh yeah i'm sure like i mean literally it took um you know two to three hours a day so you um, you had people all different speakers record a video send it to you you had a guy that did some quick edits and and dropped the the little Intro yeah, stuff. I, I had a, um, a, a good friend of mine named Angelo. Um, he's terrific, works with me. Um, and, and he shot all my local videos, um, which last year was, I think it was about uh, maybe, I don't know, 12 to 18 of them. Um, and then the rest were for speakers who weren't local, um, and he would edit them and, and do all that. But so... Um, and then you would write a blog post that accompanied it so that when you were sharing the video on Facebook and stuff like that and Twitter, 
you were also sharing a blog post that kind of built out was like your reflection on what the speaker said so it was even more information and then you had little uh images with quotes from the speaker or something that relates to what the speaker said that were kind of going out was it like every day or every yeah i i tried to kind of get into a system like we we would have you know running different tweets and images because the more like engagement especially on on facebook um you know once you have an audience engaged and you keep them engaged, the the greater chances of them seeing your content. And so I just knew that I had to be putting out some regular, just getting in the rhythm of of content creation. And you're like, uh, well, it's time to take a picture of a sunset, put some pithy yeah. words on it, and send it out on the internet. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I didn't take any pictures myself. It's um, time to get pictures from Google yes. Images. <laughs> no, <laughs> never use Google Images. And never use stock good stock photo. iStockphoto.com. That's what I use. No, the, you should go to thestocks.im. Thestocks.im. Uh, yeah, because thestocks.im, what it is is a is a listing of about uh, 15, 16 websites that yes. um, provide all all free stock photo that are you know, free for commercial use, and it's great quality images, and it's my favorite thing is they're free. Wow. Uh, That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, Get on that, Gomer. I'm I'm already on it, <laughs> and I'm checking out of this conversation right now as I stare at the photos. <laughs> but but so you have to say this is where a good podcaster say, but don't 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 worry, we take the notes for for you in our show notes, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, I have oh, we got good show notes. No, yeah, we do. Sorry, I just please tell me we do. Yes, we do. We have good show notes. I'm sure that Andy knows because he's heard all of our episodes, right, Andy? Absolutely. At least three seconds of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but That's all that I was really impressed with, like, like with how, because when it, when I, I think I first heard about it on Facebook or, or whatever, and I was like, wow, what's this? And, and uh, I kind of hit a point where I've tuned out of really anyone that I know speaking about God like through any sort of presentation because I've just heard it all a, a million times. And so I thought, well, this like, I like Andy, so I'll look at this. And I was really impressed with um, how simple and just like, it was great content. Like re- again, just really easy to share. And it was just really good stuff. So I was like, honestly, really impressed with that. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I, I really couldn't have done it too without, there was an amazing group of speakers uh, who participated um so so amazing that that gomer is so hot right now um, <laughs> um but uh but an amazing group of people that like i shared this idea with and who didn't look at me and say like that's really stupid andy like but you know and even some people i i didn't know or i knew through some other people um who really like took a chance you know in some sense last year and i said like hey this is what we're going to do like <laughs> One of the like the more amazing or crazy parts of this is like you would think like, okay, you want to do this, you know, like well, I was calling it the biggest social media campaign ever in the history of the church, um, which nece- doesn't necessarily say like this is how big this is, but how little some of the other <laughs> social media efforts. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I started like I I like decided I was going to do this last Thanksgiving. Um, and didn't um, I don't think I asked a speaker until like the middle of December um, to do a video, which which started coming out in February, you know. So it was like it was a pretty tight timeline to like pull it all together. Um, but it, it's just it was it was it was uh, amazing. I think like it's the simplicity of it, you know. And it's the you know I think more and more people are realizing that although you know catechesis is, is is so important um if if people don't know jesus they don't know the central person the central part of our, our faith yep. and like nothing else matters you know and and even in my own life um like i i realize it's not you know when i when i fall or i i stumble or i, I like you know it, things don't go right in my life it's not because i didn't understand some great theological concept it's because man like I, I i missed out on who the person of jesus christ is and so the idea the beauty behind share jesus is like it we don't 
we all need Jesus. We all need to know him more intimately. We all need to grow closer to him. Um, and I think that's what Advent and Lent are really about. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of went into making it, it work. And I think there's, there's, there's something about certain times of the year, like Advent and Lent that kind of just have some, um, kind of social credibility to them, you know, like you might not normally be able to like talk to your friend about God or church or something you're doing, but you're like, Hey, I'm not eating meat because it's Lent, you know? And, um, I know people, I know people like who live around here in Pittsburgh who don't even go to church or like, you're like, I thought you were an atheist, but they're like, this is what I'm doing for Lent. You're like, you're doing, you're doing it for Lent. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's so and, funny. Yeah. And I mean, I'm like, it's really not abnormal especially in somewhere like pittsburgh where it's so culturally catholic um to hear people who don't go to church do things for Lent or like not eat meat and you're like but like the point of it it's it's, it's about jesus you know like that's what that's what share jesus is trying to like get across to people you know and then you know whether you are someone who who knows jesus well you know like we can always know him better you know we can always be more intimate you know we can never say like i would never say with my you know i would never tell someone like um you know, with, with my relationship with my wife, I would never say like, well, I, I know her enough. Like, I don't really need to like, just get to know her. I like, I want to read a book about her, you know, or like, um, you know, like there, there is a, a desire. The, the desire of my heart is to, is to know her and to love her and to know her more, you know? Um, and it's the same way it should be with the Lord. And I think with sure Jesus too, like why part of it is, is, was this uh, realization, like, social media i think in terms of of the church world uh, like we need to find ways to mobilize people who who get it you know mobilize people who want to evangelize and and really grow in discipleship um but also on the other spectrum we need to find ways to to really reach uh reach out to those who don't know jesus um and and communicate who Jesus is in a way that, that, that makes sense to people, um, in the world online. Um, and that's, uh, been my, my, my passion and desire with, with share Jesus and, and what I'm doing with some other stuff too. So what's the next, there. what's the next big project for share Jesus is coming up here in Advent? Um, when is it started or what, what is it? I mean, like what's different from what you did in the past versus now? Uh, um, I think there's a certain, um, some of the things we're doing with, it are minor tweaks like it's just it's just in uh just growing our video views and, and video sharing i think um as simple as adding like some animations kind of like you might see in like a buzzfeed video um and one of the things too we're going to do this year too is is really try and dri- drive more engagement with the video so just asking people to uh comment and uh you know kind of engage with the videos um because you know people you know you might see like what your friends not just what videos they're sharing but what they're commenting on what they're liking and the more engagement we can drive around the videos the more exposure people who are not like a part of the program are going to see the videos um and and i mean some things uh to where i mean we're doing things like i'm adding uh captions to all the videos um which is a big change um facebook recently made a a change that um, on videos that are autoplaying, uh, if there are caption files, they will autoplay as well um, until you click on it and the volume comes on. Um, so you can basically watch. So basically, you'll be able to watch a share Jesus film every one of our videos on mute. <laughs> um, you know, um, so when Luke, when you're, you want to watch, if you want to watch them in the bathroom, you could watch them without with just reading the captions. Luke. Done. How much work is that? Uh, you know, it's. Yeah, it sounds like a ton of work, um, but I found a really great service that 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 does that for, um, uh, you know, does that by using a computer program and then a group of freelancers. So it only costs me a dollar a minute per video. Um, oh, that's awesome! We should find that out yeah. <laughs> and use that data process. Anyways, sorry. Go on. It's rev.com. I'll give that free free. Uh, um, free of charge. Yeah, I think right now there's a couple of things that you have said um, and just talking with you about what you've learned from your media campaign. So if we could kind of 
spin this away from just focusing on shared Jesus. One of the things that was great was this is the this, largest. Can we just remind people to sign up at redeemedonline.com for this year's campaign? No, we can't do that. I'm not going to have to <laughs> edit that out. Dot, dot com. <laughs> redeemedonline.com. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, it's Sunday, dot redeemed dot online. It's dot com. <laughs> no, so, I mean, of course, we're going to mention it 10,000 times, but for churches that are looking to engage in social media for people who are trying to do like so after we started our podcast back when we were still cussing like crazy and getting amazing fans and then everyone told us to stop and shit we still will be <sighs> no no we no maybe we are i don't know but uh one of the things that like people out of the woodwork that had these other programs that I, I didn't even know like half the stuff they start emailing us like hey you know maybe we should partner maybe we should um and and, and it wasn't like i'd be on your show you'd be on my show um although we definitely got a lot of that and it's really cool seeing all the stuff out there but it was like hey so, too, too lazy to respond go on yes uh hey too lazy or too busy um i mean you did just get married uh but uh the whole thing is like where do we go to make our voices heard how do we look at social media to i mean like what we're doing i mean we're just trying to broadcast the gospel in the midst of our i don't know white angsty lives but uh the the notion of engaging with the world where it's at it's like i I can't tell you how many church websites i'm sure you see it too you go on just to get the mass times and you're clicking like three pages deep on this horribly ancient website and you're like, how did I, I, there's a church I used to work with um, and help out from time to time and they didn't even have a website. Um, and so like just the struggle of like people not understanding that so many people are online and that's where they get their news. That's where they get their entertainment. That's where they get uh, just so that's where they socialize, you know? Um, so what are some of the things that you've learned about social media specifically that could help, like, let's say a church or a ministry within a church or, um, you know, youth ministry program, something like that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I would say, well, youth ministry is a whole different, um, I think a whole different ball game. And I, I would, you know, um, even though, um, even though I am a youth minister, this campaign was mostly directed at adults. And I, and I knew that from the get go. Um, I think very, I mean, very few kids, very few kids these days are on Facebook. <laughs> and I know, like, I know that's, that was like my, my prime, uh, that's my prime audience, you know, and that, that was where I think video sharing is huge right now. You know, that's, that's where we're, I think if you're trying to reach adults, um, Facebook is the place, you know, and I think, more and more we have to kind of if you're trying to do social media you got to kind of look at like where can i do it well um and where like where are the people i want to reach um so you kind of pick your your target medium i think too many people try and do try and do everything like oh let's set up every social media account you know we need to have a we need to have a pinterest we need to have a twitter we need to have a facebook we need to do um you know, Instagram and, um, yeah, I think different networks are great for different things, but I, I think, uh, any recipe, a recipe for failure is always going to be trying to do too much on everything, <laughs> you know, and of course you can do some things across some different networks, but you know, you got to know where your prime, like where your voice is yeah. going to be the loudest. And video is best on Facebook because it just goes right into their newsfeed and auto plays. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just prime for, I think for sharing. You know, that you don't, you know, just the way they're, they're, uh, they're using it. And I think Facebook and YouTube, um, and those are my main two places, you know, and they're, di- they're definitely different audiences in some ways. You know, I do some auxiliary stuff on, on Twitter and Instagram, but like, I know my, my, <laughs> my, my major focus is, is Facebook. So I would say, know where your voice is going to be the loudest, um, you know, and, and really, really trying to amplify that and make that your platform. You know, I would, I'd always, I, I think uh, one of the biggest challenges is like with social media, a lot of times people will look, you know, look like, you know, say like, well, who does social media well? And people go like, okay, let's look at like, what is, what is we're on fire doing right now? And so, so a parish says like, well, okay, let's look at we're on fire. Um, well, crap, we can't do that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's almost hopeless. Or, 
or you do you put this great effort in and you're like oh great like i looked at my facebook analytics and i spent i spent three hours posting stuff on facebook this week and i reached a total of 10 people Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and, and i've been there done that with with stuff with with parish stuff but a couple of things i would say um well one is like part of my, my desire with redeemed online um was to say hey too many people are saying like Facebook or uh, social media is it's it's important, but there are very few people saying like here's how to do it. Right. <laughs> I, I want to provide. I'm going to put out a, what I'm going to call the uh, the Catholic guide to social media, um, and it'll be like tips and strategies that people in parishes and ministry can use, and, and also just individuals. How do I? How can I, as an individual, be authentic in proclaiming the gospel uh, to people? Uh, through social media, that that's going to be our, our, just a free resource. I want, I, I really, part of my desire in, in starting doing stuff with social media is to say to like the average parish, like here's how you do it. Like here's some some tips and and, and tricks and uh, strategies because I think too often, like I said, like too often we just try and imitate, um, and when we try and imitate and we don't do it well, we don't do it strategically. What at the end of the day is the the the, the downfall of social media for an individual is kind of narcissism, you know, is this like, yeah. Hey, everybody look at me. And I think we do that as a church sometimes because it's like, Hey, look at me. I'm trying to get the most likes, but ultimately at the end of the day, we're trying to drive engagement. If we want to drive engagement, what I would recommend, if you want to, if you're going to invest some time invest some time to do it well. Um, and I would say like, look at it, look at a few resources. Like I, I love like social media examiner or Amy Porterfield or people who just, they give away lots of free free content and resources and tell you about like how brands are doing this. Um, and ultimately they're doing a sales funnel, you know, and they're engaging people to do that. But, you know, if we do that and do it well and use the tactics they do, we're going to show people not ourselves, but we're going to show people Jesus Christ um, because we're going to pull ourselves out of the picture and, and really want to be focused on engagement and evangelization. So the other thing I would say too, like is to work on and experiment a little bit with uh, Facebook ads, especially with like promoted posts and, you know, whether you do some retargeting off of your website, I think any social media strategy too has to somehow involve email list building that there's, there's gotta be like a good social media strategy involves, you know, email list building, but it also involves your blog and it's kind of a cyclical you know, cyclical move. So Luke, do you want to make a quick right turn? And no, I, after you were done, because I was really paying attention. It was really interesting. Honestly, it was. Um, yeah, I do. Really, really quick right turn. No, no, it's not. It was really, uh, honestly, it was um, awesome. I was thinking those are, these are all ways that we're not doing a good job with our social media presence. I was like trying to take a lot of mental notes. Um, I think it's really interesting that both you and your brother Bob have done pretty big things within the American Catholic Church in the past 10 years. That can't be a coincidence. Like, why do you think that is? Uh, there was something wrong with our water growing up. <laughs> estrogen. So much in the water made you so smarter. So much estrogen? Yeah, made him smarter. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think both of us like are similar, I think, in our personalities in terms of vision and passion for jesus and and ministry isn't some stop in our lives like we're yeah you know like this is this is part of who we are you know and it's part of you know like neither of us sat down and said like how can i do something really big you know but i think as you kind of like as i i think both of us were were people who had different passions and different you know and we both work together i do a lot of stuff with dirty vagabond um i'm on the board and helped get um you know, in my all the free time I have, I helped uh, do the fundraising and get our Pittsburgh location started. But it's because it's it's another thing. Like I'm passionate about it. It's another thing. Um, I felt like the Lord saying, like this is something that's got to happen. You know, and if that was what the Lord wanted, I'd do whatever it took. You know, and uh, I think sometimes that's kind of a missing ingredient, especially with this kind of new new generation of people in ministry. Is you know, want sometimes people want things like to go easy. <laughs> And I've never in my life, you know, once in a while I hear someone say like, yeah, it was great. I mean, we had this ministry event and it just like ran itself. And um, 
you know, people were showing up and, you know, and I'm like, man, I've never had one of those in my life. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, where it wasn't like, you know, investing in people, investing in making things happen and, and like putting, put energy and resources into, and, and, and that's not to say like, there aren't things that, that I've been doing for a long time that, that don't take that energy or resource now, but none of them, you know, all of them took that at some point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I think we're around each other and, and we're great friends and coworkers too. Um, even though we're, we're brothers, but we, I think you need to surround yourself with people who have vision and uh, are willing to take risks. I think a big thing with y'all is what you said right in the very beginning, which is that ministry is not a stop along the way. Um, I had a friend who, <clears throat> his dad, whenever I told him I was going to be a youth minister, he goes, oh, how long are you going to do that? Like, that was like literally his, oh, before you, you know, and he didn't really know much about the church. He's like, before you become a priest, you know? And I was like, no, like, this is, no, this is literally what I want to do for my life. And uh, are you still, are you still a youth minister? Well, I'm still in church. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm still in parish based <laughs> ministry. <laughs> I did youth ministry for eight years. That's good enough, right? It's a good enough run. <laughs> Right? Please tell me I'm not a bad person. <laughs> Please give me my dignity back. You're a horrible human being. Oh, you sound like my mom. Really? <laughs> Michael, I was really uh, hit by that point, too, that, like, you're, like, because I think there are a lot of, like, what is the average length of a youth minister? It's, like, a year and a half, if that? They say it's that, 18 months, but. They say it's 18 months, but I heard that's a, that's just. I mean, as in most statistics in youth ministry, that's just something someone made up. <laughs> 80% of them, you know, 80% of it isn't exactly true. Yeah. Um, and like also that idea of you surround yourself with uh, great people. I came in the youth ministry kicking and screaming in the sense that I really didn't want to do it, but just kind of over the past couple years kept coming up in really weird and odd ways. And, I, and like, Ultimately, in the job that I, you know, have now, I was recruited for it, and I was asked to apply, and I was like, okay, fine, and um, and it's for the really... for the Cincinnati Bengals, exactly, yeah, uh, and I do some <laughs> stuff for other Reds as well. Hey, hey, no, how are the Steelers doing? I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan. Right? Oh, that's right. How? Are, oh, I'm I'm sorry. Even better. How are the Eagles doing? <laughs> hey, we're we're half game out of first place. That's all you need. To... <laughs> that's true. That's true. Enjoy Chip Kelly. Um. <laughs> Hey, enjoy when you lose the first round of play. <laughs> I know it's gonna happen. I'm so can nervous. We, can we just make sure that stays in here somehow, or is it <laughs> the Bengals will lose the first game of the play? If that happens, I'm never going to forgive you. Uh, but it will happen when the when, you know it's gonna happen when the Steelers take out your quarterback's knee. I'm gonna be so. I hate you so much. <laughs> um, that was one of the worst days of my entire life. I know exactly where I was when that happened. Being born in Ohio. <laughs> I was it was a wonderful thing at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in good old uh, Dayton, Ohio. But anyways, <laughs> back to my point was I found that because I had been around a lot of people involved in youth ministry, it was really easy to be able just to just like uh dive into it and I and I had really high standards because I knew people like you, like Gomer, our buddy Brian. Um, like all of our friends who are who are involved in youth ministry, I've just I have been around that for a long period. I mean, ever since I was eighteen, almost. And so, it really, honestly, I do I can't I don't think that you can underestimate the importance of the people that are in uh, that are you know in your life. Yeah, and I would say too, like and when I say like surround yourself with people with vision. Um, I also mean like surround yourself too with people who are like who would tell you like you're an idiot or you're crazy mm -hmm. or the, like, um, or like, Hey, I think you're out of line. You know, that, um, I meet, uh, I meet weekly with my, I have two friends who are Presbyterian youth ministers and, and they're my, some of my best friends in the world. And we meet every week just to like, um, I mean, we just talk and then we pray for each other at the end. And it just kind of, there's a certain sense of just accountability, but also just growing together um actually someone like one of the one of us invited someone else to come one time and the, at the end of it the person said like all right this is all you guys do like <laughs> and we're like yeah um he was like okay uh, see you later um but you know like i think there's a certain sense of you know people who keep you grounded people who you know like you know encourage you um pray but just a certain 
the best sense too, just pray with you. Um, and I think even just every day, the certain, certain part of what I love about Share Jesus is like, I know lots of people have seen videos or lots of people have like followed along, but for the most part, like I'm, you know, like I don't see those people and I like the, like, it's not anonymous, but it's like, you know, like once in a while I'll see someone, they'll be like, wait a minute, you're that guy. Um, but it's really like, you know, like for the most part, I'm just with my high school kids who like think, Hey Andy, you're dumb. Or, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like they lo- like, they love me, but it's like a, you know, it's like a high school youth minister kid relationship, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that keeps you grounded too. You know, at the end of the day, I, I think, man, if I, everything uh, tomorrow, like I had to pick, I had to pick one of the things, like I do a lot of different things, wear a lot of different hats. Um, I, I really do love like high school kids and love, you know, sharing the gospel with them. And that's, that's a big part of my passion. You know, and I, I like, that's, that's the thing I would do if I could only do one thing anymore. Um, but luckily the Lord kind of gives you these other venues to, to keep dream, dreaming and, and re- reaching more people, hopefully. If you were to take a Doug Fields, my first two years in youth ministry perspective, which is a great book that everyone who's new in youth ministry should read. Uh, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done in youth ministry? This is called hashtag share Andy. I think I, I knew a lot more than I, I, I did when I, like, I, I thought I knew more. <laughs> like, I could, I, I honestly remember thinking, like, youth ministry was the only thing that mattered in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, and it, it sounds so dumb now, but I just remembered, like, thinking that, like, uh, like, or like these other things. They're not, like, in church life, they're not important. Like, only youth ministry is important. Uh, but one of my favorite stories Bob ever told me was about like in the, when he was in New York, they were doing, um, they were doing a karaoke night Yeah. and at the end of the karaoke night, these two kids like were jump like kids were jumping off stage to be crowd surf and the, uh, first kid jumped off and then the second kid jumped off, but everyone like purposely moved away. So the kid just like fell. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and like the kid was like so mad and cussed and like then he like stormed out and uh, so Bob said um, a- after that like he like decided just to close the night in prayer and as close the night in prayer all of a sudden like everyone's got their eyes closed and he's praying and he sees the kid come running in with like a folding a folding like wooden chair. And like in the middle of her, just slams the chair over the kid, over another kid that, that he, oh my like, gosh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we can end it on this note. Um, tell the story about what you made me do during oh, the Louisville Marathon. Yeah. Um, one of the things that like keeps me sane in life is I, I've like become a runner. Um, which is funny because I like in some ways it would just be like either one of you guys becoming a run runner. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very accurate. <laughs> I run occasionally. I I used to walk. I got one of those chairs from Wally now. I'm doing pretty nice right now. <laughs> I just drink my slushy. Things are good. But but like um, so, I one of the marathons I was running. At every point in the marathon, like you want to just quit. <laughs> Um, or you're running across a bridge and you just want to like throw yourself off a bridge because you're running 26 miles. Um, even if you're walking a little bit, like that makes it more painful. Um, and actually that Louisville marathon, I remember I sat down at one point and I just was like, oh, I just wanted to sit down. And the best advice someone ever gave me like during a marathon was the guy was like, you just got to keep moving. Got get up. He was like, get up. You got to keep on moving. Um, was it, crazy. was it Mickey from uh, the Rocky movies? No. Get up, you son of a bitch. I didn't hit no bell. No. No, okay. Just check. It was was a runner. Oh, okay. I mean, I knew you were from Philadelphia. I just thought maybe it was some cross-pollination. No, it was a a person. It was the real. It wasn't like an imagination. Oh, okay. I just, you know, the exhaustion running all day. But anyway, at the end of the race, (laughs) um, I'd I'd been asking, like, Luke to bring me a drink. And, like, and this was, like, at mile, like, 13. And finally, it's literally mile 26 in a marathon. (laughs) If you don't know, it's 26.2 miles. And so I was a little mad, but also like, hey, I was happy because it was the end of the race. So Luke, I was like, Luke, run with me. Um, and I mean, this is this is many years ago. So I was a lot more immature and not. Uh, 
I wasn't uh, sure. I wasn't the holy man of God that I am today. Yeah, ab- uh, absolutely. But I threatened Luke. I said, uh, Luke, you have to take off your shirt and run across the finish line with me, or I'm going to punch you um, in a certain area. <laughs> that was very painful. And, and I was like, wait, what? And 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 I was and he looked at me and I said, Luke. He's like, I was like, look at me. I just ran 26 miles. <laughs> like, you need to trust me on this one. And so, Luke, he did it. He took off his shirt. Um, Everyone started to cheer. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah. And like, people were lining up. I mean, it was like crazy. It was crazy. I mean, never seen so many people come around the finish line and Luke went across the finish line. And, like, I, people carried him off. I hugged someone. Yeah. And I was like, we're number one. No. Shirtless? Not at all. Sure. Yeah, I was swinging my shirt yeah, he, in the air. He ran across the finish line shirtless with me. Um, it was amazing. Um, the other people showing up, that was a lie. But he really did run across the finish line with, with me with his shirt off. That's, uh, that's heroic. I care about my friends. That's heroic <laughs> friendship right there. Yes, yes. It was, it was true love. Uh, <laughs> I think you guys are, I, what you guys are doing is great. Um, oh, thanks, I, man. I, uh, I mean, I have listened to one or two things, and um, I wish I had more time for reading and podcasts and stuff in my life. I try when I can, I fit things in, but I, you know, I think you guys are doing good stuff. Um, Thanks, man. I think, it, yeah, I'm sorry. I think <laughs> I think podcasting is a really cool. Um, it's funny. It's like one of those. It's like podcasting isn't new, but I think it is a media. It's a it's a medium that's really on fire right now in terms of yeah. you know media you know and, and reaching people and, and people are uh are listening and, and plugging in and it's good to see you know what you guys are doing so andy where can people find you uh they should check out redeemedonline.com um that's the best place to sign up for share jesus uh and they could they could check out kind of the story of redeemed online and learn a little bit more about some of the other services and things i'm doing cool Luke, what about you? Awesome. At the Luke V and on Facebook.com slash Catching Foxes Podcast. At C Foxes Podcast on Twitter. At the, the letter C Foxes Podcast on Twitter. And CincinnatiBagels.com slash Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the ball boy on the side. Yeah, I don't remember that. I still, you know what number I still prank phone call like regularly is Switchboard. Yes. That's great. Yes. Did I ever tell you the greatest prank switch switchboard prank phone call ever? Uh-uh. This is the best. I called Switchboard and I was like, it's like, hello, yes. Um <laughs> I can you tell me where I can find an examination of conscience? <laughs> and they were like, oh hold on one second. And I mean they're like so nice, you know, like and so gullible and stupid too and they're like yeah and they like started reading me a couple websites where i can find one online i was like i was like well actually i'm on my way to confession right now i was like can you read it to me (laughs) (laughs) so they were reading it to me and it was like have you ever um have you ever lied and i'd be like yes <laughs> and they're like, "Have you ever, you know, like?" And the funny thing was, he just was pretending he didn't hear me. Like, and I was answering every question he <laughs> asked, and he was like, "Have you ever had?" It was like, "Have you ever had impure thoughts?" And I'd be like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> the best part is you're doing it in the Kravaniak voice. <laughs> and oh course, yeah. But after after about like. After he went through about like ten questions, I just I lost it. But it was like I mean, it was so good. Um, that is hysterical. Oh, or I like I called the other day and, and told them I was lost on campus. <laughs> 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 and then, like, where are you? I was like, I'm in front of a big red building. <laughs> I miss like, that so much. They were like, Do you? I like, do you know where the J.C. Williams Center is? And this is honestly the conversation. I was like wait is that by the big circle thing and they're like yes and they and, and then i'm not getting the lady was like in that circle are some flowers and those flowers are made to represent the rosary <laughs> and she was like are you catholic and i was like no i'm not catholic and she was like well the rosary <laughs> for us as catholics is we pray to jesus through mary I was like, I'm just lost. <laughs> Spiritually lost awesome. or just. So can we just put a shout out in the podcast? 
Uh, they can, people can also reach me at 740-283-3771. I love that you have that number memorized. Who doesn't? I I knew the who first won, uh, who, won Super, who won Super Smash Brothers. That's what I like to call it. Do you remember we used to do that? We, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. just real quick, I just want you guys to know that all of this is being recorded and is definitely going in the show. That is hysterical. <laughs> That's like I had serious Andy for an hour. I had <laughs> I had I had redeemed online version of Andy for an hour. <laughs> uh, I just want to know how it's... Still, you can't you can't put too much out because then it'll out people will out me like once in a while someone's like, wait a minute. I know who this is. This is Andy Lesnowski when I call Switchboard. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if it's well, like, I don't care if it hurts Redeemed Online. If it hurts yeah. my Switchboard pranking, we're done. <laughs> yeah. It's 2015. You'd think they'd have ways to stop you from calling them. The sad thing is, though, like, I called and, like, I wanted to be connected to a student. And they're like, students have don't have phones anymore. Like, because everyone has a cell phone. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That wow. Is, that is weird. so weird. One night, Chris Kravodiak was at my house later at night. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And we called all down the night's, the night's wing, like every <laughs> one of the rooms. And Jonathan, Jonathan Alexander was still in school. And we told every person, I told every person, I was like, hey, it's Jonathan. Can you come let me in? <laughs> and about like 20 of the nights, nights of the Holy Queen <laughs> went to let Jonathan out. <laughs> and the next day they're all like, F you, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> He's the perfect guy to do that too. <laughs> no, that's awesome.